This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome, it's indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richard gonna be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today, breaking down news of the day. My contributor, none other than Ben Carollo, she twitches, uh, streams, excuse me, on Twitch as bleep, blomp, Ben, all right? Writer and contributor, all right, the breakdown. Should be a fascinating show. Top story of the day, Herschel Damn Walker says racism no longer exists. But in a clip some years back, he said his biggest obstacle to overcome in America was actually racism. And he has erections on his mind when sitting next to Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz. I will explain. Here's the first video. The hardest thing I I think I had to overcome in life, uh, I think racism. Yeah, I think that's so difficult because I don't think anyone can ever understand it. And and it's not the point that people don't want to understand it, but they they don't want to touch it. So like that's a subject we can't touch. Let's get away from it. But you know it's there, and as long as it's there, you gotta cope with it. So with me, I'm always the type of person, if something is in front of me, let me deal with it. Let's not push it under the rug or push it to the side because no matter what, it's going to keep coming up. You know, if you never deal with that dirt up under the carpet, it's going to get larger and larger. And it's going to keep coming up. You know, little bit by little, it's going to see from underneath that carpet. So you deal with it now, you know, and you're going to try to get those piles out. I think that's been the most difficult thing. I grew up. In the South, uh, my senior year was a very big uh, racial uh, detention. You know, in my hometown, that was a very big deal. The Herschel Walker back then spoke truth. The Herschel Walker today speaks lies. And here's the thing, the Herschel Walker today knows he's speaking lies. He is contrary to what he represents. This is called a sellout. He is a bona fide sellout, taking a position adversarial, antithetical to the position his community experiences. The community that produced him, that validated him and supported him. He now has decided to be contrary to that same community, adopting a false narrative. And he knows good and damn well, his narrative about race relations in America is wrong. It is immoral. It is incorrect, but it is an avenue for power. So his real ideology is rooted in the obtaining of power, not values, not sentiment, not a goal for good, but for evil. 
Now, here's another interesting situation with Herschel Walker. Here it is. Well, first of all, this election is more than Herschel Walker. This election is about the people. And I said this. This election is about the people. This election is about the people. This election is about the people. And I said this. What? Okay. Listen, Herschel, come on, man. It's okay. All right. When you sit next to Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz, and you're right in the middle, man, and you know, you guys are really close. You have erections on your mind. Now, the reason I bring this to your attention, Herschel, is because you have bashed members of the LGBTQ community. You have made, let's say, a career out of being opposite of the viewpoint of tolerance and celebrating diversity and all kinds of diversity. So let's get this straight. Herschel Walker, the Republican nominee for the US Senate in the state of Georgia, he says that women who exercise their right of choice in America are murderers. But multiple women are on record saying that he paid for abortions himself. Herschel Walker says that he is a real man of God. And Senator Warnock, the pastor, is the phony. It is Herschel Walker who has made these proclamations about him graduating from college and never did, being top of his class in high school, never was, and the list goes on and on. Why? Because of power. Why is he still being protected and supported, knowing he's a charlatan? Why are these individuals still campaigning for him, raising money for him? Power, nothing more. All right, Ben, thoughts here. Yeah, I mean, really, Herschel Walker is like your standard conservative. Like, he only cares about himself, and it's pretty obvious, right? And this is why I think there's a like a pattern of consistency. Of course, right when Herschel Walker was younger, before he became incredibly wealthy, right? Uh, yeah, he had to deal with a lot of racism, and he cared about racism because he personally had to deal with it. Now he is in a position where he has enough of a cushion, where he has enough money to hire a bunch of sycophants, and he's got all of these right-wing ghouls that are willing to just completely support anything that he says as long as it's harmful and toxic that like he feels that racism doesn't affect him in the same way that it used to. So he can pretend that racism doesn't exist anymore. Because just like every other conservative, he just thinks that he is the only person of consequence. If he is not personally experiencing racism on a daily basis, then to him, racism doesn't exist, right? It's just this sort of lack of object permanence that Republicans have. And you can see like how truly vile this mindset gets people to be, because quite literally just after the hateful attack against queer folks at that nightclub over the weekend. Literally the very next day, Herschel Walker goes running around on this like hateful transphobic speech. These like Republicans have no sense of decency. They have no even notion of empathy towards other people because in their minds, they are the only human being that matters, which is why they have no commitment to the idea of truth. They have no commitment to the idea of humanity. All they care about is their own own individual comfort and power. Very well said. All right, we will continue to follow the runoff election between Raphael Warnock, the current senator, and his challenger, Herschel Walker. Okay. There are some people who you should not prank. This is a lesson 
in consequences and repercussions. Let me take you to the video. Here it is. I'm a real badass. Hand it to me now, boy. Yeah, you don't want to see the rest of it. So let me say this, okay? I actually have watched that particular YouTuber before. I've laughed at some of his YouTube prank scenarios. I have also thought, damn brother, you may be going a little too far there. And it looked as if it finally caught up with him. So let me give you some background to this. For those of you who are hip hop fans, you know exactly who that was. Bootsy Badass, he actually dropped the badass and just Bootsy now. The YouTube prankster found out the hard way that this is not something safe to do. If you see the face of Bootsy here, he is legitimately confused. This incident took place at a local Walmart over the weekend. The prankster, a man that goes by the moniker of White Dolomite, posted the 24 second clip to his channel on Sunday, according to Black Enterprise. The video clip has almost 200,000 views, that number has now increased. As White Dolomite approached the 40 year old recording artist who happened to be with three other individuals and a child. He appeared very much like a southerner dressed in a red shirt with blue denim overalls and a cowboy hat. Here's the thing, you know, prank at your own risk. It happens, it's unfortunate. They did realize later it was a prank, everything's all good. But Ben, this may not be the safest thing to do with an individual you already know. Mm. That person doesn't really play the radio when it comes to stuff like this. But you tried them anyway and you found out. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, look, just in the year 2022, I think we all need to accept that, like, you should probably be more careful with pranks than ever before. Like, I mean, you know, if you watch Indisputable on a regular basis, you see how people can go off over things that aren't even things, right? So, just as like a random aside, you know, before you have a prank, before you plan any sort of prank, just ask yourself all of the different possible ways that it could go wrong. But then just like as a general aside, when it comes to prank, I honestly don't even know like what his prank was supposed to be, right? Like that's where like I personally am just a little bit confused about what exactly the prank is meant to be. And so fundamentally, People just need to think things through and we need to like respect other people's boundaries and, and sort of anticipate reactions to your behavior. Yeah, and here's the thing, if they have children, you may really want to consider before approaching them in a way that may seem hostile with the kid around. Everybody is much more hypersensitive when they're out with their children. Okay, we have an exclusive, a black male was protesting 4th of July, how? By having a flag on the back of his vehicle. Okay, and dragging it. Well, somebody decided it was their business to interfere with his protest, his peaceful protest. And then this happened. Here it is. Okay, the car is driving. You see it highlighted, the flag is on the back. Now, this person is walking by, 
The man in the driving seat already said, don't touch my flag. He decides to anyway, and then this happens, okay? That's called defending your property. Perfectly legal, by the way, okay? Nothing illegal about it. Well, not according to the local prosecutor who decided, well, we're gonna prosecute this person. Even though under any other circumstance, you are well within your right to defend your property from somebody taking it. Let me give you the update to this. Let's put the picture up full mass, all right? A man in Orange, Texas is facing a retrial. They already tried to convict him. This is a retrial for standing his ground during a 4th of July protest scenario. In the video, a man stops in front of Mr. Terrence Watson's black Saturn. He tried to remove Mr. Watson's flag, which he dragged in protest of the 4th of July. Mr. Watson told him not to touch his flag. Then once the man decided to touch his property anyway, he defended his property from theft. This is Terrence. Mr. Watson describes himself as a student of history and is proud of his African American heritage. He says he wanted to protest on the holiday that celebrates his right to protest. I have no problem with anyone trying to protest, he says, whether they be January Sixers or LGBT rights protesters. That is their constitutionally protected right. But you have to grant me my rights as well, seems sensible to me. The man who confronted Watson, let's put his picture up. His name is Brandon, all right, Brandon Scott admitted to following Mr. Watson a quarter mile when he saw Watson, Watson dragging the flag. He also refused an ambulance after he reported the incident to police. It gets deeper, Mr. Watson, who is a welder from Houston, Texas, faces a retrial on February 6, 2023, after a jury was hung on if he should be found guilty. That was the first trial. Mr. Watson says he is skeptical he will get a fair trial when many of the jurors came from Vidir, Texas. Now. There's more, part of a Sundown County indisputable reported about, about white high schoolers filming themselves chanting the N word at the high school in that local jurisdiction earlier this year. My point is they have had racist dynamics happening from this community for a minute. We've reported on it in another context. More details surrounding the incident that you just saw. Mr. Watson told police that the man in the video said, and I quote, you stupid N-word, why are you dragging my flag? The complaining witness claimed he waved Watson down rather than obstructing his vehicle. Surveillance video shows otherwise. The man also claimed he had not yet touched the flag when Watson punched him. The surveillance video shows otherwise. Watson's attorney cites Texas Penal Code 9.41 which justifies the use of force against another person to defend property when you reasonably believe that the force is immediately necessary 
and you are trying to prevent another person's trespass or unlawful interference with that property. Stop there. That is the state law. That's the state law. The state law is clear. You cannot grab somebody else's property. And if you do so, that's called a trespass. And if someone commits trespass, the individual you are committing trespass against has the right, the right to defend from said trespass. Except if you're black and it happens to involve a flag. You see how that works? All of a sudden the statute is blurry. It doesn't apply. You see, under any other circumstance, Mr. Watson would have never been charged with a crime. He would have never gone to trial and he would not be going to a retrial after a jury was hung on the matter. But this is happening due to the dynamics of the content, not the context. The content happens to be a flag, a white patriot and a black objector. All of a sudden the rules change, the statute is no longer Rigid, it's flexible. Let's put up the attorney. Um, Akin Bolop is the attorney for Mr. Watson. He said, and I quote directly to Indisputable, I think a case like this needs to have a bright light shined on it because it happens. Because they think they can get away with it. Well, attorney, we agree with you and that's why we're shining this light right now. We are calling for the prosecutor to drop all charges for the city to stop wasting taxpayer dollars on something that is statutorily protected in that state. All right, Ben, thoughts on this? Yeah, Oh my God, <laughs> I have so many thoughts. I mean, literally, I'm gonna make an assumption, which I think is fair in this context. I'm gonna go ahead and assume that the the, the prosecutors in this case are like right wing prosecutors. Oh, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm just, I feel like it's a fair assumption, right? Because I wanna draw a contrast because what is happening literally right now, right now following a like following a mass shooting where queer folks were killed. Five folks were killed at a queer bar. There are a bunch of right wing pundits running around celebrating that attack and saying like quite literally somebody went on Tucker Carlson's show and suggested oh, you know, making false groomer accusations and saying that oh, when the grooming stops, that's when these shootings will stop, right? Making a very implicit threat, right? This is what's so infuriating. And why am I bringing this up? Because right wing prosecutors will prosecute anybody for any reason if they think they're a political opponent, if it's a person of color, they will throw charges at any anybody for any reason and they will puff up those charges and they will intimidate people into accepting plea bargains. But where are the attorney generals right on the left who are responding to incitement of violence? They're always bending over backwards like, oh, I don't know, well maybe and this, that and the other thing. And we just have a deeply unequal system of justice. We have a deeply unequal system of justice where like literally from top to bottom, there is so much hesitation and kid gloves. And we just treat these white supremacists like their word is law. But when any type of marginalized person is actively in danger, then all of a sudden, we just pretend like, like, oh, there the law is so limited. There's only so many things we can do. Literally, like straight up, they are retrying this man after they failed to prosecute him. Like, and this is the world we live in. It is just like this is deeply like this is so, so shameful for the entire country, in my opinion. And think about the irony of what we saw. Literally, the white male is the only one who committed a criminal offense based on their own laws. He is not playing defense here. 
the black male who was his victim is. The framing of the narrative creates a dynamic where the black male has to be in a position of defense. When the truth is the white male who committed the trespass, the criminal trespass should be the one on trial. All right, we got more on the other side It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, always good to be with you. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Let me give a big birthday shout out to indisputable super fan and TYT member Marquita Copper. All right, on behalf of me and everyone at TYT, happy birthday. We are thankful for your significant support. And I do hope you have a very fun birthday celebration, okay? Thank you so much again for being supportive. All right, we got a lot of comments, I will read as many as I can. The dragon who says nigh, he speaks truth and incomplete and coherent sentences. <laughs> yeah, he did, didn't he, at one point in his life. Okay, uh, Lynn says, I thought that maybe I was the only one who didn't get the prank. Glad I'm not alone, and there you go. Uh, e. Johnson, this was when he could form a coherent thought. Yeah. Uh, Sandy L, the prankster needs an educational discernment. He picked the wrong crowd. Yeah. Uh, YouTube member Donald Trump's Bone Spurs, been a member for five months. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for all that you do. It is my pleasure. And thank you for all that you do. Iron sharpens iron. That's how it works here. I got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on him for having a barbecue on a In Sunday? in the defense of others. I do not condone violence whatsoever. I do condone and support self-defense. Obviously, this was an aggressive attacker inside of a Dollar General. The couple was attempting to defend themselves from the pending attack. All right, here's the thing, arguments happen, they happen. It's not necessary for an argument. A conflict, a verbal joust to either A, become racist as we have seen highlighted before or B, become violent. No need for it, was not required. When individuals decide to act in the extreme over simple matters. And I say simple because there is nothing that can happen in a dollar general that would make me commit a felony. Nothing, not a damn thing, okay? Absolutely nothing. So whatever the argument was about, it was petty, it was small. You did not have to try to attack another human being. But here we are. Okay, Ben, thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, really, like we see this all the time. And it's just really infuriating because people like, 
I don't know, what is it, a sense of pride? Like, like you have a sense of, but like, come on, like nobody should have a sense of pride in a dollar general. I don't care if you're like a millionaire, billionaire, most powerful person in the world. If you're in a dollar general, you're in a dollar general. Calm down, please, for the love of God. <laughs> you know, there's nothing there that's that important except for the safety of all the people that are inside the building, right? So, like, seriously, it's just so wild when, like, you know, maybe they're having a bad day or something, but they let it turn into like, what, what the worst day? Because if you start a fight and you're throwing a punch at somebody, you're risking going to jail at that point, right? And it all is going to depend on whether or not the other person on the side of that fight wants to press charges or not. And like, you really want to put your life at risk like that in a Dollar General? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, exactly. All right, well said. He's back. <laughs> and Donald Trump wasn't the only one who made an announcement. Guess who else is running for president? In 2024, and he's back on social media, baby. Thanks. Look at them together to Elon Musk. Kanye's back. He tweeted out first, it was just a little test, making sure that he was online and his millions of followers were reading him clearly. Let's show you what Kanye was up to over the weekend, if you will, because he had a lot to say, making up for, well, Lost time, we'll call it. Uh, let's show you the uh, video first that he posted. This is Milo right here. How you doing, Working Milo? on the campaign. Oh, right on. Is that an announcement? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is. Thanks, I accept. <laughs> so, Paul, right here, we got the we got the Balenciaga right here. But it's the Yay 24 merch on it. You know what I mean? We got some of that right here. That's that Yay 24. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you are running. Yes. That's awesome, Kanye. Simple. <laughs> Simple as that. So I know a body tell me, you know, yeah. you should say this, you should say that, you know. It's just we're moving towards the future. Like, so what we do here is I'll cut up, you know, a hundred hoodies from Yeezy, from Balenciaga, from the stuff we did at Gap, from the stuff we did at Adidas. And everything we do is gonna cost $20. We need to make sure that everyone can receive the same level of cuts, the same level of food, same level of water, same level of education, the curriculum, the engineering. We're beings with engineering opportunities. We're getting past the past, we're focused on the future. Okay, <laughs> you know, Kanye is gonna be Kanye. I wanna talk about the people around him, including the people who giggle and laugh at everything he says. Some of it makes sense, some of it is just crass, some of it is anti-Semitic. What about the people around him who support this? And I'm not saying, Jackson, that that's gonna make him stop his antics. And he believes in this, he may believe in this, you know, ye 24. But what about the people around him, those that are left? They know he ain't gonna become president. And um, you know, the reality is, is Kanye doesn't stand a chance at doing well whatsoever. Um, but it's really just, he's done this to himself. You know, he, he's really put himself, I mean, we just watched him lose so many endorsements. And it's not just the endorsements that he lost, but he worked for 20 plus years to get them. 
And he doesn't make any sense with what he talks about. The only reason anybody gives him any type of grace is because he's so famous and wealthy. And he was a huge part of our of many of our lives growing up. He did have a big impact on our, our views on art, our views on what we can do, what we can accomplish in this society. So to see him go from that to where he is now, he's really just a pathetic nobody at this point. Um, you know, no one should worry about his political impact. And um, uh, honestly, uh, he should be on suicide watch. And I'm not even trying to be funny, uh, but he's—I mean, what type of people are around him that are worth a damn at this point? You know what I mean? So that's that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, we're watching a human train wreck. Um, and you're right; it's not funny. I, I I don't erase what he did for the culture. But he's on a collision course with even more. It seems like whatever episode's going on has lasted a very long time. Milo Yiannopoulos is who he referred to as his campaign manager. A disgrace, another disgraced individual. He, you know, so he loves this this company, and you know, at a certain point, you got to give him what he wants because he's just going to take it and not care who he harms, including apparently his children. Um, Twitter, let's show you. Uh, he was also spotted with white nationalist Nick Fuentes um, in his Beverly Hills studio, right? So this is who he's rocking with. This is his inspiration these days, okay? This is what he's looking for and he's celebrating it, okay? Cartoon version of himself and Kanye. Fuentes and West right there, most banned in USA and they're proud of it. I wonder when he comes up for air, how he'll feel about all of this. Maybe he won't care or maybe he'll go on an apology tour. Will anybody be listening? Separately on Sunday, West celebrated being back on Twitter again after his ban over an anti-Semitic tweet, posting a test tweet to see if my Twitter is unblocked. And indeed there it is. And see, Jackson, Elon Musk is, is celebrating this. People say there's chaos going on at Twitter right now. I, I think it's organized chaos. This is exactly what he wants, okay? To keep sowing these seeds of dysfunction, racism, anti-Semitism. Doesn't even matter what he believes, just keep it going because that I, keeps Twitter going. That, that's honestly what I believe. I, I don't know, I think you might be giving Elon Musk a little too much credit on that end. I think he's just an idiot. Who's in over his head? Um, I think not to say that he doesn't. Uh, I mean, he about to get me ranting on Elon Musk. I'm, I'll be talking so much mess Ooh, about yeah, Elon yeah. Musk because he's a fraud. Uh, he's been lying for the last 20 years about everything he's ever said, um, and Twitter may end up burying him financially. Uh, but yeah, no, Kanye, Kanye West is just a clown, and it's it's. I mean, this is what he's done to himself. So now he's in the likes of uh, the Elon Musk bus, who also is a clown. But I got to stop talking about him because we'll be here forever. Yeah, we'll be here forever. Um, <laughs> as we had to break, we'll throw up that last tweet, uh, Kanye. He just can't help himself. Okay, here it is again. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free! Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Charger, your phone was not plugged in.
let's highlight the reality of what we just saw. A woman who's taking advantage of an Uber service, an Uber driver, has decided to call that Uber driver a slave and the N-word. Please keep in mind, she had these thoughts before she ever got in that car. So there is nothing that happened between that car ride and her being outside that made her all of a sudden think this way. She already thought this way. The argument provided an excuse to eliminate the barrier created by social normalities and courtesy. She eliminated that barrier in order to say what she already felt. The reason it's important to highlight this is because it provides a mirror for reflection and hopefully correction. To the driver, I appreciate the fact that you handled it professionally. You should never have to go through what you went through. It is a shame. Obviously, you are not the problem. People like her are. And once again, this is America. Remember, America is beautiful and ugly at the very same time. This is the ugly part of America. These stories are reminders that we have a lot of work to do. These stories are reminders that when you decide to act in this manner, if you decide to be a caring and racist, bigoted, the person in front of you may not be recorded. Maybe it's the person on top. Maybe it's the person to your left, to your right or behind you. Somebody's watching. All right, being thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is just a point of like where we really need to recognize the fact that the United States has never, never fully reconciled with our history of slavery. Quite literally, the entire culture around customer service, all of the norms and expectations that a lot of people have when it comes to customer service in the United States were quite literally directly shaped by our history of slavery. That's why other countries don't have customer service like we do. They don't have tipping like we do, right? They don't have this like entitlement mentality about like being waited on on a regular basis. That's not a thing in other countries. It is specifically because of the United States history of chattel slavery, why this is so common. And like, because like she had all those thoughts in her head, right? And she like decides that this was the moment to blur it all out. Like one of the first things that she said, she complained because her phone was dying. She didn't charge her phone and decided to blame somebody else for it. Somebody who mind you is if they're driving for Uber are like incredibly underpaid, right? And like incredibly mistreated. And so like fundamentally everything about this is just like deeply shameful and infuriating. And if she hit him at the end there, Right, that's battery, right? And that's a crime. And like with everything that she said beforehand, seems pretty clearly a hate crime as well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this would be one of those crimes where the local prosecutor, they don't have to be creative. You literally have the elements necessary to prove a hate crime. You have the racial taunt utilized during the commission of a crime. That's really all that is necessary. For those two to work in concert, you then have the basis for a hate crimes charge. We have more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, we still have a lot of show left. Uh, let me remind everybody, no live shows Thursday and Friday of this week. So no live programming, we do have some 
treats coming out, all right? Got some segments coming out, but no live show. We will be back Monday. Happy Thanksgiving for those who celebrate. If you do not celebrate, that's fine. Just try to make sure you are giving back, okay? Take moments like this to be a blessing to others. Become part of TYT's progressive change machine and help facilitate positive change around the world. Become a member, join tyt.com forward slash join. Also, Unbossed with Nina Turner. Tune in and subscribe. Real simple. YouTube.com forward slash unbossed TYT. I will read as many as many comments as I can. Bill's Dragon Circles the Wagon says, literally delivering packages to a Dollar General as this Karen story came on, and I can't confirm. Everything should be peaceful in that store. <laughs> All right. Um, Tall glass of shut up juice says that racist B broke the effort internet. That is funny. All right. Uh, Panic Boo says, oh, those poor souls working at that dollar store. Yeah. Uh, Rochelle Van, thank you so much. Welcome to Indisputable. We appreciate you. And let's go to Twitch. Wooden Monkey God says, we do not start fights, but we can, but we do end them. Okay. All right. Imagine, imagine this, you go to a hospital because you're having a mental health crisis. The crisis is this, you think that the police are trying to kill you. So you're in the hospital, right? You leave the hospital and then you get attacked by the police, by a canine and you are completely innocent. Wow, that's exactly what happened. Uh, let's put up the picture full mass here, all right? This went down in Galveston, Texas, in an apparent case of mistaken identity. It landed Mr. Jeremy Cummins, the man you're looking at, in jail for days in May after police thought he was an escaped inmate. His lawyer said the police canine even bit off half of his ear during the arrest. Mr. Cummins was leaving the hospital on May 8th after receiving mental health treatment. Mr. Cummings voluntarily checked himself into the hospital because he was imagining that the police were trying to kill him. Surveillance video from the outside of University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston shows police pull up behind Mr. Cummings and begin to pursue him on foot with the canine. Let's stop there just for a moment, just for a moment. You have been treated for what the doctors have said, hey, you're having hallucinations or you're going through a paranoid schizophrenic episode. The things you are imagining are not real, Mr. Cummings. These things are not going to happen to you. The police are not trying to kill you. So you stay in this hospital. You get released, they tell you that you are okay. And you walk out the damn hospital to be chased by the police and to have your ear bitten off by their canine. Mr. Cummins attorney, Alberto Ruiz said, and I quote, he's telling them, I'm not an escaped inmate. I know what you're trying to do, but I'm not an escaped inmate. But officers continue to follow him 
before releasing the canine. The canine then bites Mr. Cummins multiple times before he's tackled to the ground by officers and handcuffed. I'm not an effing inmate, man, Cummins says to the officers. We can see it in the body cam video. Cummins knew the worst thing he could do was run. Mr. Cummins said, and I quote, everybody knows that if you're an escaped inmate, they've got the right to shoot you on sight, especially if you run. I've got mental problems, but I'm not crazy. I did not run. There's more further body cam footage shows soon after that. The Texas Department of Criminal Justice, an officer walks up to the scene. I asked you where you came from and you took off running, the officer said. I didn't even know you, B word. And why'd you stop me for? Cummins replied, what the F are you stopping me for? In a second body cam video at UTMB, a police officer there, the cop admits they made a mistake. All right, you ready to hear this? The officer asked the person on his radio. So TDCJ sees this guy wearing scrubs and wearing like a blanket. They think he's one of theirs. They go after him thinking it's a prisoner, but it ain't nobody. It's just somebody who just left the ER. After all of that, Cummings, who was just walking home after he was released from the hospital, was then taken to jail. Despite all of the information, they charged him with evading arrest and took him to jail, according to the attorney. Those charges were ultimately dropped. The police would not comment on the incident, but DCJ sent out a statement to KHOU11. They said, and I quote, on May 8th, 2022, TDCJ correctional officers noticed a non-TDCJ patient of UTMB walking suspiciously toward the prison side of the hospital. UTMB police were notified and responded. Well, there you have it. We're protecting and serving. A black man was walking suspiciously. What were we supposed to do? We have to protect the community here. Black people cannot walk in a suspicious manner. That's illegal. Doesn't make sense, does it? It's completely contrary to the rule of law. But it is aligned to the culture of the law for the lawman. There's more. Mr. Cummins and his attorney are now seeking damages. They're seeking damages from the hospital's police department and an apology. If their demands aren't met, the attorney says they will be filing a federal lawsuit. They made a mistake and they've got to pay, Mr. Cummings said. Think about everything that happened here. Think about the fact they had no report of an inmate or a detainee escaping. There was no report of this, okay? They just assumed black man scrubs escapee. Wait a minute, you're on a hospital campus. You never assumed that possibly, since there's no report of prisoner escape, that possibly this could actually be a patient who's wearing scrubs. Didn't cross your mind. But even when it did, even when you were well aware this person was not an escape detainee, he had nothing to do with your jail, you criminalized him anyway. You arrested him anyway. You made him go to jail anyway. You see, this has to do with your bias. Your bias in the beginning and your bias in the conclusion. And for that reason, that reason, it creates a slam dunk for this attorney 
who's going to defund your ass, right? Nobody seems to have a problem with the police defund the police. But I guarantee you, at some point, at some point, taxpayers, you have to stand up and realize that bad cops, corrupt cops, negligent cops, criminal cops, they steal money from you in situations just like this. Don't worry, I will bring you the report when they figure out how much money they're going to pay Mr. Cummings. Being thoughts here. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I'm gonna come in with a cynical take, right? And I'm gonna say that it is both equally likely that they mistaked this person for an escaped convict and they just saw somebody that they they thought they could get away with sticking a dog on, right? Because to be honest, like let's be real, we've seen it plenty of times before where police officers just engage in wanton violence just because they can and they feel like it and you know, like they get excited about it or something, right? Like these are, you know, we know the type of people that join police departments. So I think both of those stories are equally likely because I'm not about to take the words of a police officer at face value when they have such a long history of lying. And the 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 reason why I say this is because sending a dog after somebody, sending a dog after somebody is not something you do right out of the gate, right? Now, first and foremost, I don't think police officers should be allowed to have canine units. I think canine right. units shouldn't exist. It's abusive to the dog. It's abusive to the people. Scruff McGruff is not real. You cannot smell crime. Neither can police dogs. They don't know who's innocent. They don't know who's guilty, and they don't have any restraint. Right, and you can't restrain a dog either if you're a police officer. Like the truth is, you really can't. It's gonna do what it's gonna do, and they're trained to be pretty vicious and brutal. But the reason, like he just, you know, just sends a dog after somebody and then arrests them anyway, and tries to like uh, say that he was like evading arrest. It's just ridiculous on its face, and it just seems gratuitous and needless. It it is so ridiculous that a person can be arrested for resisting arrest or avoiding arrest or evading arrest. And they were not under arrest in the first place. It doesn't make sense, all right? We'll continue to follow that story. All right, this is a story we're trying to get more information on. The cops go into the home of the wrong person and this is what happens, here it is. There's no reason to come inside of our house, are you kidding me? Why are you in our house? You see the Mark Beast cars in front of your house. For what? For you. Not for me. And you said my, you said my door was open? Yeah. There's cameras all over here, buddy. Good. All right then. Come out. You want to talk to the police right here? Step out for what? I'm in my boxes, I'm waking up. What time is it? Mark right here, bro. Come on. There we go. Hey, I don't put the baby down and come out. For what? What's put going on? Put the baby down and come out now. You still haven't told us why yeah, you're here. You come out here now. You come out. Or we have to go in there. And we don't want to have to go in there with you and the baby in there. So it's best for him to just come out. Do you have a warrant? Yes, we do. Yes, so come out I'd now. like to see it, please. Come here. I would we'll like to you. see it now. That's not how this works. If he doesn't come out here in a couple of minutes, in about a minute, we're going to end up going in there. So, so record all this. I am. Because this ain't gonna look good for you. This has to be a scary situation. 30 seconds of silence happened um, after this. Um, and in that silence between the family and the officers, the father attempts to get dressed and they're blasting their light into the home. It's difficult for people to see. This is what went down next. Bro, just come yes. outside, bro. I'm coming, bro. He's Relax, putting shoes man. on. Damn. Yeah. 
this is ridiculous. What's ridiculous? That you just came to the door with a baby in your hand earlier. And you're taking forever to come out. And we got eight guys out here. Where's my phone at? Let's go. All right, let's now, put your hands out of your pockets. pockets. Wait, this isn't a joke. Turn around, put your hands on your head, walk backwards. Turn around, put your hands on your head, and walk backwards. Come out. Yes, this is for real, bro. Come out. I'm getting my son. I'm getting my son. Come out. My son is on the bed. Let me get my son. Come out. Okay. Let me get my son. Once again, they are terrorizing a family. They are in the wrong home. They have not bothered to say why they are there. No warrant was shown, at least not on the video. And the family, once they get outside, the cops continue to question the father. Here it is. Anybody else here, ma'am? No. You guys can. Anybody else here? No. It's just y'all? Thank you, Shane. Show me your warrant, please. You got it outside. Can I see the warrant? Bro, you guys just can't. Listen to me. My attorney is going to eat this. Yeah, we're going to get in a lot of trouble. My lawyer is going to eat this. Where is he at? I have no idea. You see them cameras right there? That's good. You guys are. I'm happy for the cameras. Let this man come to my house for a person I don't even know. I don't know him. Okay, you should be angry. You should be upset. I want to highlight a comment that was made that many will simply dismiss. One of the cops said, "Oh yeah, we're really in trouble. We're going to really be in trouble, sarcastically. Why? Qualified immunity, the culture of corruption, protecting the police, blue lives matter, whatever you want to call it. That cop is aware that he can brutalize a family, that he can be wrong in the execution of breaking and entering a home and nothing will happen to him. He's not in fear of losing his job. He's not in fear of having his pay docked. He's not in fear of being criminally charged, nothing. It's all fun and games, even when somebody is the victim. Um, Let's put up the last screenshot for mass. As I said, we are still trying to get more information on this. We unfortunately do not have more details other than what we were able to ascertain from the full video. So far, no one on Reddit or TikTok has been able to identify what department this was or share follow up information. I'm doing this story because I would like that information. I would like the follow up information. I wanna know the name of the cops. I wanna know the department and I want to do a follow up story. Okay, this should not have happened to this family. Ben, thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I wanna touch on something where they asked to see the warrant, where they asked to yeah. see the warrant, right? Because like, if you're a police officer and you have a warrant, you should be able to show it, right? But this actually, I wanna touch on like the history that exists behind this. Because it used to be, you roll back the clock early in the United States of America, that when you were getting arrested, a sheriff would show up with the magistrate judge with the warrant, right? It's not just armed cops showing up. They have to say, here's the warrant, here's your name on it. The magistrate judge had to sign off on all those things, right? It was a whole process, right? Until slavery was abolished, 
And then all of a sudden, right, all of these racist people across the country, the United States of America, wanted to set up a military type apparatus to terrorize black folks across the country. That is why, despite the fact that the like half of the Bill of Rights are restrictions on specifically police. Police have so much like impunity in the United States of America. It is specifically an apparatus that was set up to terrorize black folks. Because it's funny how you, I bet that they wouldn't do this in Beverly Hills. They're not gonna right. storm the wrong address in Beverly Hills. They're not gonna be in Martha's Vineyard breaking in and, and you know going with a warrant with a wrong address, okay? That's not gonna happen. It's not going to happen. You made such a great point about policing and the true design of policing. And I often say, Ben, the criminal justice system does not need to be fixed because it's operating the way it was designed to. It actually needs to be broken. You have to break this current system and implement a new one. That's what has to happen. We have more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left, always good to have you with me. Mo Fury says, sounds like the cops didn't want to publicly admit they were wrong. They were protecting and serving their egos, not the community. Very well said, I agree. Travel Nurse Dragon, who gave these cops the address? The guy who manages Tyson Chicken? I see what you did there. Uh, 32 Antoine, and thank you for that, uh, 32 Antoine. Hope everyone has a great holiday. Thanks, Dr. Richard, for bringing awareness to the people of Georgia to not vote for a guy who calls an election and erection. All right. I actually believe he probably had the latter. All right. Panic Boo says dogs should only be used for rescues and mission and missing persons. Uh, this is barbaric. I agree. Uh, 100%. All right. We got to stop utilizing canines in that uh, egregious way. All right. There's a cop. The cop gets uh, accused of groping a college student. He has to resign. Enough evidence is there to support the accusation. He leaves. Then he gets a job as a cop again in charge of investigating sexual assaults. Put up his picture full mass. Okay, this is insane. A cop who resigned after groping a college student landed a new job investigating sexual assault. I'm going to give you the background to this insanity. It needs to be exposed. In 2010, David Loudon, a campus police officer at the University of Massachusetts, this is Dartmouth, resigned in the midst of an investigation into sexual harassment allegations against him. He was then rehired as a school resource officer at the Blackstone Millville Regional School District in the nearby town of Blackstone, Massachusetts. In that new job, he was given the task to investigate sexual assault crimes and working with who? Students in the public school system who have been sexually victimized. Let me give you background to the original incident. According to the campus police report, at that time, Officer Loudon had given a 20 year old college student a ride back to her residential hall in his cruiser. The student said he gave her a hug and groped 
her breast and then proceeded to constantly harass her with frequent unwanted texts and calls. The cop resigned during the investigation and to his behavior. How his current employer responded to the allegations. Blackstone Town Administrator Dory Bacchio told WBUR she did not know about the allegations against the officer while he was at University of Massachusetts until the outlet contacted her. After WBUR provided further evidence of the cop's misconduct in his previous job, he was removed as school resource officer, but has stayed on the town police force. The police department's website continues to list him as an investigator who handles sexual assault reports. Now, I'm still on this issue with Officer Loudon. Let me put that on the shelf just for a minute and respond to the university. The university, they're claiming they did not know about his background. Okay, that doesn't get you off the hook. Did you ask? Did you inquire? Did you check the references? Did you contact the former employer? Hmm? No, you see, if the George Floyd Policing and Accountability Act would have been law today, guess what? There would have already existed a registry for this cop. He would have been known to anybody, including myself and you, that this was an issue in his background. Why is that so hard for people to support? Some people are adverse to that. Wait a minute, cops know your background, you can't know theirs. That doesn't make sense, we pay them, they don't pay us. But the university decided to allow this individual to work there without doing their due diligence. And for that, you all are at fault, not asking the right questions or providing a proper vetting process in order to protect your student body. Um, how his past history of misconduct was not known. WBUR, the local agency that reported, did a great job, traced more than a dozen current Massachusetts police officer, police officers who had been fired or resigned from another police department after or during misconduct investigations, only to find work at another department. Other examples included officers who had been accused of domestic violence, arrested for drunk driving incidents or found impersonating someone on social media and making vulgar posts. This is why it's really important that cops are held accountable all the way. Remember, I've talked about how officers get away with crimes or malfeasance because they are allowed to resign. The police chief, they don't have to accept the resignation. The sheriff, they don't have to accept the resignation. They can fire them and they can also provide their name to post certification to say this person is bad news, a red flag, do not hire him. But many times, regardless of how egregious the activity is from the cop, they are allowed to resign. Why? Because they can move on to the city next door and become a cop without any issue. A Massachusetts law also requires police to keep private all reports and arrests for sexual and domestic violence, including those that are committed by police officers. Only cops themselves are able to access this information, which means those who have 
perpetrated. Abuse are unlikely to be publicly outed and barred from rejoining a different police department. Is that not insane? Cops should be the ones exposed primarily, period. If there needs to be exposure, if a cop does something like this, it has to be part of the record. Why? Because that's a good public safety policy. That's why. There's more. Uh, police spotty track record with sex crime, sexual assault, and intimate partner violence reports are routinely mishandled by police officers who are known to misidentify the primary aggressor in abusive relationships. Erroneously, not believe that marital rape is real and flag rapes that didn't involve a weapon or were between uh, individuals who used to be in a relationship as false reports. Studies from the 1990s found that at least 40% of police officers self-identified as domestic abusers. Uh, this is a problem that permeates beyond that locality. Ben, thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, and like really, so it seems that there's a little bit of a presumption of innocence for police officers, which is funny because police officers, believe it or not, are among one of the most criminal demographics in the United States of America. As you pointed out with the domestic abuse statistics, police officers, I think somewhere around five times as likely as any random person to be a domestic abuser. And then you look at data from you know different police departments across the country, and you find that sexual harassment and sexual assault by police officers to people that they are either detaining or that like called them for help or something or stuck on the side of the road, you name it, people get victimized by police officers themselves all the time. Actually, like if I'm remembering this data point correctly, something like once every 10 days on average, there's another reported incident of like sexual assault by a police officer in New Orleans. Like people make wow. a complaint, but like people, but we don't see the charges. We don't see charges for all of these things. We just see complaints. And then those complaints go into a black box and then they get shredded and then they get erased. And then you have police departments like the New York Police Department, I believe, like New York City, that actually has a timeline on like, well, after three years, you have to delete it. You have to shred the disciplinary records when these are things that we should keep for an eternity and fundamentally like just aside from like the entire restructuring that our system of justice needs at a bare minimum when it comes to disciplinary records for police officers if anybody should be in charge of it it should be the public defender's office mm -hmm. because those are the people that need to have that information because the police officers are the ones right that are accusing other people of being of criminals Right, and they're the ones sending people to jail. And if we have a right to innocent before, you know, innocent until proven guilty, then fundamentally the trustworthiness of the police officers has to be available information to the public defenders in order to properly defend people, to truly defend the public. Because unlike police officers, that is what public defenders do. Very well said. There's a book called Gideon's Promise. I recommend everybody get that book if you're interested in criminal justice reform. And it talks about how public defenders are left out of the conversation of criminal justice reform. And they are probably the most pivotal, the most pivotal if resourced properly to defend individuals vigorously from out of control cops and prosecutors. Okay, remember the story we brought you about Governor Ron DeSatan deciding to go after registered voters, arrest them, make examples out of them. Well, guess what? Those charges, they're being dropped. Let me take you to the video initially, here it is.
Apparently, I, I guess you have a warrant? For what? I'm not it's sure. for voter stuff, man. For voters. It's, it's uh, what it is. It, I think the agents with FDLE talked to you last week about some voter fraud, voter stuff, when you weren't supposed to be voting, maybe. I didn't. They have reduced your bond quite a bit. It, it's two felony charges for voter fraud, but they've reduced it to $500 bonds. So it's $1,000 total. Oh, my God, man. What so, the... Yes, sir. So, unfortunately, right now, we're going to have to take you to jail. I didn't do nothing to nobody, man. Voter fraud. What is voter fraud? Voting when you're not supposed to, sir. Because of your sex offender status, you're not supposed to be voting. You don't have a non-support warrant. What is wrong with this state, man? That was Tony Patterson. It also happened to Ramona Oliver. Here's the video. So if you could put your hands behind your back, please. Oh my God. Do so not move. Ultimately, ma'am, you have a warrant. Okay. The warrant. Listen, hold on, listen. I know you're, yeah, you caught off guard, I understand. Right? So you have a warrant. It's for voter fraud, okay? Hear me out. It's an ROR. You know what an ROR is? Oh my God. You go in, you get booked, and then they're going to release you from booking. But you have a warrant. And it's from FDLE, okay? Okay. All right? <laughs> so I know you're caught off guard, but. Unfortunately, that's how this stuff works, okay? I'm like, voter fraud? I voted, but I ain't fraud, commit no fraud. Well, so th that's the thing. I, I don't know exactly what happened with it, but you, you do have a warrant. That's what it's for. Mrs. Oliver is a 55-year-old black woman who was arrested for felony fraud. Tony was arrested for felony fraud. The judges know it's BS. Tony gets a $500 bond. She has a signature bond for a felony because the judge know it's BS. There's more, Nathan Hart, here it is. No one ever really explained all that much to me. I told the guys when they came out here that I was at the, the driver's license place, getting my new driver's license. Yeah. The guy there asked me, he says, hey, can you walk? He says, hey, are you ready for the vote? I said, no, I'm convicted felon. I'm pretty sure I can. He goes, well, are you still on probation? I said, no. Uh, I got off probation like a month ago. He goes, well, then you can probably vote. Hey, just fill out the form, and if you can vote, and they'll let you give you a card. You can't vote, then you won't. And I'm like, all right. As well, just stop the form. And if, you know, if they let you vote, then you can. If they don't, then you can. And there's your defense. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, so I it sounds like a loophole to me. Hmm. See how the cops responded to him? Sounds like a loophole to me. Sounds like an affirmative defense here. All right. Charges have been dropped universally for these shenanigans by this out of control governor of the state of Florida. Prosecutors in Florida have dropped charges against a man arrested for voting in August. The dropped charges are a setback for Governor Ron DeSantis after his self-touted, highly publicized and instantly politicized sweeps targeting people who allegedly cast ballots illegally earlier this year. Tony Patterson, 44, hails from Tampa. His arrest, captured on police worn body camera footage, became something of a lodestar for the controversy over charges leveled against 20 individuals by the Florida Office of Election, Crimes and Security. A vote policy or policing agency that operates under 
the the Sunshine State's Department of State. Y'all said anybody with a felony could vote, Patterson said on the video, which was widely shared when it was released in October. We covered it then. What do you mean I couldn't vote? I don't know this. I'm supposed to know I can't vote, man. And why y'all doing this now? Why would you let me vote if I wasn't able to vote? Patterson went on to ask one of the many arresting officers serving this low risk warrant. I'm not sure, buddy, an officer replied, I don't know, another one said. According to the Tampa Bay Times, state prosecutors said they were dropping the charges based upon information received from the Hillsborough County election supervisor. And because Patterson was already being sentenced in a separate case, multiple people arrested in Florida during the voting sweeps were expressly told that they were in fact allowed to vote according to MSNBC. Some of them, including Patterson, were cleared by state officials to receive and then did receive voter ID cards. Sounds like a setup, right? They go through the process, they get voter ID cards, they're allowed to vote. Everything is okay. And then the police show up to arrest them. Why do they not check in the front end? That's because he cannot do this song and dance routine in the back. Remember, Ron DeSantis is not interested in black Floridians voting. He's interested in scaring them not to vote. He wants to make sure they are afraid to participate. He stands against transparency and democracy or a full participation of Florida residents. That's not what he wants. At least prosecutors are willing to do what was necessary and drop the charges. Ben, thoughts here. Yeah, I mean, there's two big layers to this. First and foremost, we need to understand the role of police officers, which is they introduce the threat of violence into situations that are, for the most part, just like clerical issues, right? Broken headlights, vehicle registration, all that stuff. It's like these paperwork, you know, these different types of like paperwork, like regulations, right? Where nobody's really in danger. That's most of what police officers do. And the other layer to this, because this whole voter registration thing is obviously a clerical issue, except it's more than a clerical issue because it was a trap. It was a trap that was intentionally created, where they intentionally made it confusing as to whether or not somebody would be able to vote. And then they waited for them to register so that they could arrest them later. And lo and behold, after the election, they dropped the charges. Yep, there you go. You summed it up perfectly. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back. All right, what a beautiful story. Let's put the picture up full mass. For seven years, they have been celebrating Thanksgiving together. In Arizona, a grandmother mistakenly texted a stranger on Thanksgiving. Seven years later, they've kept the tradition going. Jamal Hinton was the then stranger and Wanda Dench, the grandmother, is outside of a cheesecake factory, they post for an Instagram picture that's captioned. To answer all your questions, yes, Thanksgiving year seven is planned out. See you guys Thursday. I remember when this story initially happened. And I'm glad they have kept the tradition going for all of these years. Let me give you some background. November 2016, all right, there was an exchange. Jamal received a text message inviting him to Thanksgiving. 
the message reads, Thanksgiving dinner is at my house on November 24th at 3 p.m. Let me know if you're coming, hope to see you all. Of course, that includes Amanda and Justin. He responds, Jamal says, who is, who is those? Your grandma, grandma, can I have a picture of who? You, LOL, all right? Wanda sent Jamal this photo replying, yes, I'm here at work. All right, what's going on, right? Jamal replied, you not my grandma. Can I still get a plate though? Wanda's response was, of course you can. That's what grandmas do, feed everyone, all right? Soon after the pair met up, Wanda extended the invitation to Jamal's family. Jamal has been showing up for Thanksgiving ever since. Unfortunately, in 2020, Wanda's husband, Lonnie, passed away due to COVID-19 complications. There's more in 2021, Jamal made this announcement. I am excited to announce our new partnership with Netflix. We thank every single one of you for your love and support in our journey the last six years. We can't wait to tell our story on the big screen. The film is titled The Thanksgiving Text and it is still being developed. Good people, good conversation, good connection, good outcome. Way to go to all of you. Ben, thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, this is just a really heartwarming story. And it kind of goes to like just the point of like, you know, like we see a lot of the, you know, Karen stories about people being very mad at each other. But like, and I know this sounds hokey and corny or whatever, but the world really can be a better place if we are just willing to like invite other people to participate in our lives and to participate in other people's lives in like healthy, productive ways, right? And support each other and feed each other, you know, you'll get a good meal out of it. <laughs> That's right. Good stuff. All right. Uh, Thanksgiving is coming, all right? So here's what I do. Yes, I make my rounds, I eat, I get plates, it's all good. Most of us will have leftovers. Get a few styrofoam plates or whatever it is, plastic, biodegradable, whatever you can do. Put some food on it, put some leftovers on it. Find some people to give it to, all right? I guarantee you, there are people that Thanksgiving missed. And they would love to have a good conversation and a good meal. All right, you can make that happen. Ben, always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you and continue checking out your great work. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Benjamin Carollo for however long Twitter's around. And you can always <laughs> catch my content. <laughs> and you can always catch my content on the breakdown on YouTube, in Facebook, and then Galaxy Brain every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Always a pleasure. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.